You're listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you would like to know more about Hope Central or any of our ministries, please visit hopecentral.org.au. Today I get to carry on with the, uh, the, the topic we're talking about and carrying the burden. And so today I get to talk on the topic of caring for the broken. Um, it's pretty important to me. I, I think one thing I do reasonably well is uh, look after people. So um, I've been looking forward to preaching this. And uh, so we are talking about the, the topic of caring for the broken. Everybody has an idea of what the broken look like. And, uh, you know, from those pictures up there, I guess that would be what most of us would think. And I've done a lot of work, uh, whether it's been at Holden's or at Phoenix, and, and I seem to have a heart for people, and they come up and they'll come and talk to me and tell me things that they wouldn't tell other people, but never have they ever looked like that. It's been great to be able to share with people and listen to their story and just have a heart for them and to be able to release some of their anxiety. It's a great thing. At Phoenix, it was a completely different story, though, of brokenness. And I'm not talking about the people with intellectual and disability, uh, you know, uh, mental health problems and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm talking more about the people who had had blown their minds with one way or another or something terrible had happened in their life. And that breaks your heart. They may never recover from this brokenness. I remember there was one lad there who... Uh, now, this may get teary, I don't know. We'll see. There was one lad there, he... Um, one day he was with his friends driving in a car and they had a car accident and he watched his friend die beside him. But before he did that, he put his face through the windscreen and got massive head injuries from it. And because of the head injuries, he got um, schizophrenia, multiple personalities and Tourette's. And I used to sit with this poor young lad and work with him in training him in different things. And he would scream out and yell nonstop all day. He would talk to himself as his father he would talk to himself as his sister and have arguments this man was so broken so shattered by something that he had no control over and all we could do was love him there was another lad there uh, my job was a training and development officer so I would teach new skills there was another lad there young for all intents and purposes if you were to look at him you would have no idea there was anything wrong with him one day he went to a party with his friends, took some bad drugs and blew his mind. And he could no longer think logically or rationally anymore. So I'm teaching him how to use a cardboard compactor and to tie a knot in the end of it was the only thing he couldn't get. I mean, he would stand there trying to tie the knot and he'd have the string over his head and under his arm and he just couldn't work it out. And I looked down and I said, who ties your shoes for you? And he said, I do. I said, well, it's the same knot, brother do that so anyway he went home with a piece of string on a Friday Monday I came into work and he was standing there with a knot said look I did it I did it he's 19 years old cheering because he could tie a knot absolutely amazing the things that happen to people some by their own fault and other reasons you just scratch your head and have no idea why I went to my office after he showed me that and I had a bit of a tear because I'm a big sook there are a million stories like this of everyday people who become broken. But the thing I think that stuck in my mind the most when I was in this job was the carers that came in every day. They brought their people into work and I spoke with many of them, older people who'd been bringing their kids who are now adults and they had such anxiety and such despair thinking, 
what am I going to do for my people, my children, when I'm gone? 80-year-old women and men who are bringing their 65-year-old kids into, into Phoenix. And these people are tired and worn out and broken. You don't have to be on the street or homeless to be broken. And it's obviously not just in the disability sector. For every sad story, however, there are 20 great stories I could tell you of absolute triumph where people overcome and did more than they thought they could do and were all that they were created to be. But the world is broken. People's lives are so broken and there seems to be no way out for them. They give up because they simply cannot do it on their own. And here's the thing. We know what the answer is, don't we? It's, an off, it's a joke, right? We all say, well, Jesus is the answer to everything. But Jesus is the answer to all these problems. We started Unique because broken people, when I worked at Phoenix, would come up and tell me that their brokenness wouldn't allow them to go into church and pastors would ask them to leave. Now, that is, how is that even right? And we started Phoenix because, uh, Unique because of it. I can't tell you how unbelievably proud I am of this church, this body of people, that when some of our unique people come into this service, no one judges them, no one looks at them poorly, and you all treat them like Jesus would treat them. And I'm so proud of this church because of that. It's an amazing thing. We've seen lives completely changed and transformed. If I told you some stories about what we've seen happen with the people at Unique, it would make your hair stand on. And probably not mine, but it might other people. But the stories of transformation because of the love of Jesus, because someone spent time to care for them and love them and not judge them. It is amazing the stories I could tell you. And it's amazing that not only that, but the people who work in Unique, they have a heart to show Jesus to them. And that's what we need to be doing. The world is so broken. We're all broken because we're all sinners. Because of what happened way back in the Garden of Eden, aren't we? We are a shell of what we're meant to be. But because of sin and the fall of man, the world is broken. But God, God cares. God can heal the broken. And he wants to mend what is broken. Jesus said of himself, which was fulfilling a prophecy in Isaiah, in Luke four eighteen, he says... The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set liberty to those who are oppressed. Jesus came to spread the good news of the Father to everybody and to the poor, and not the poor financially, the poor in spirit, the people who are broken. Jesus came to share the good news of the Father. He came to speak freedom over people's lives. He came to speak to people who are held captive by addiction and religious indoctrination and other things. God came to set them free. Jesus came to set them free. And he came to reveal God to those who couldn't see him, whose eyes are blinded to the ways of the Father. And he came to set free those who are oppressed, those who are downtrodden, those who are held back in some way, those who have been made to feel bad, who have been broken by other things. He's come to set them free. And we're also called to continue the work that Christ has started. God's plan to heal the world is us. We are his plan. Everybody in this room is to heal the world. Kevin says it all the time. There is no plan B. This is it. This is God's plan. We are called to spread the good news to others. How many of us do that, I wonder? I know when I was talking to Adam 
the homeless guy across the street in the car park. The other week he was trying to make a camp there and to make his home in our car park. I know that when I went to him, all I did was basically try and help him find accommodation. I didn't once say to him, how's your life? Can I pray for you? I didn't give him measures of Jesus and hope. I was just trying to help him find a house. I know that I've sat on the streets with plenty of people who are homeless and I've sat there and talked about and listened to their needs and their, their problems and I've been a great ear for them. and I've given them food and I've done things but again, I thought I'd wait till I build a better rapport with them before I tell them about Jesus and then the next day they're not there because they're transient and I'll never get that opportunity. We need to see the opportunity when it comes along and take it. And we talk about brokenness, like it only happens out there and it's a terrible thing. And for the most part, brokenness is a terrible thing for people who don't cross. But what about the brokenness in church? How on earth do we deal with that? I mean, let's face it, we're meant to have it all together, right? We know Jesus, we're born again, we're covered in the blood. How do we deal with brokenness in the church? Sometimes we can be victorious and stumble and fall and be overwhelmed by the weight of the world. And we do, don't we? This world is tough, even for Christians. We get overwhelmed by it. King David's life shows that exactly. David achieved so much as a young man, full of the Spirit of God, able to overcome great obstacles. He was a great poet and musician, and he wrote nearly half of the Psalms. And in Psalm 34, he encourages us to taste and see that the Lord is good. It says, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and I delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angels of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and deliver him. This is a man who's got it all together. He loves God. He's just beaten Abimelech and he's written this about how awesome God is. Such confidence. But sometime after this, as a king, he doesn't go to battle to lead the battle. He goes and stands on his roof and looks through a window at his neighbour having a bath, sends her, her husband off to the front line to be killed and then has a baby with her. Nathan comes up to him and says, the Lord is not happy with what you've done and your baby will die. David carries his sin for some time before he pens this psalm in Psalm 51. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sins. For I know my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth and inward being, and you teach me wisdom in your secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness, and let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Here's a guy who had it all together and then fell terribly and knew that his strength comes from God. He's a king, he's a leader, and he still falls on his face and says, God, break me, break me in that last line. 
the bones that you have broken. Let them rejoice. So how do we heal brokenness in the church? Verse 16 and 17 goes on to say, For you will not delight in the sacrifice, or I will give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. You see, nothing we can do can fix brokenness. That is within man, and it's with, that's, that's within man and within our hearts. No sacrifice, no clever plan, nothing we can do can heal brokenness. It goes on, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. What heals brokenness? We need to be broken. We need to be on our face and we need to be broken. God can take, broken, can take what's broken and restore it and bring it back into right relationship. People in this world are broken and God wants to see them restored back to full health, back to what they are created to be. And I can look in this room today and see 150, 160 people who are testament to that, that God has changed their lives. But God will also break something to remodel it back into his image. Not all brokenness is a bad thing. Sometimes we need breaking to allow God to rebuild our lives and to be all that we were called to be. I believe that one way God will restore the church is to break us and remould us into the image of Christ when we are humble enough to fall on our knees and say, I can't do this anymore. Take control, God. He's going to say, this is going to hurt but it's going to be good for you and it's going to be good for other people. God breaks us so we return wholly to him. I heard one preacher put it like this. Brokenness is a place where God stops us, brings a halt to our progress, where he causes us to see the end to which we will come if we continue down that road. Brokenness is a place we come when we recognise that all we are, all we have become and all we do in and of ourselves is sorely and miserably insufficient. Brokenness is a place where God can take control again. But as I say, it takes us to rely on him, totally trust him, to let him have control. We need to be big enough to do that. And sometimes we need someone to tell us when what we're doing isn't working, when what we're doing is actually being a hindrance to God and what God wants to do for us. That's when we need a Nathan Nathan the cameraman. We all need a Nathan in our lives. We need someone who's going to come beside us and tell us what we're doing is wrong. We need someone to encourage us. Someone who's willing to call you out and then pray for you. And what would be really great is if you had Nathan in your life before you met Bathsheba. Wouldn't it be great if you had someone walking beside you right now who could correct you before you went too far, who was there to walk beside you and care for you and make sure you didn't make those mistakes? That's what this church needs. We need Nathans. But how do we bring correction to support someone without crushing them? Now, I've, been, I've done a few things wrong in my life, made a few mistakes, and I've had quite a few people tell me that you've made a few mistakes. And, and do you realise how much you've hurt someone? And do you realise the problems you've caused? Do you know, that has never helped me once. I've never gone, oh, thank you for that. I feel really great. Thanks, I'm going to change my life now because you've judged me and made me feel bad. It never works. We need to do it in love. Judgment is not the way to go. So how do we care for the broken people in the church or in our lives? It's with kindness and gentleness. Galatians 6, 1 to 5. It says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you, are, you, are spirit, you who are spiritual should restore them him in a spirit of gentleness, not with judgment, not condemnatory words. 
that's not going to do anything. Just keep watching yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbour. For each will have to bear his own load. We have to carry burdens and we should never try to fix a problem from a place of professionalism. As an expert, never try and come to someone and say, look, I know this is the way you should do it. That's not the way to do it. It's with love and kindness. Someone who generally cares for each other to succeed. And if I succeed and you succeed, then God's plan for this world is going to succeed. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to have the broken fix beyond the four walls of this church. But we need to fix what's in here first. Frustration and finger pointing never helps. When I worked with people with disabilities, we worked out of love and compassion for them and and told them how good they were and what they could achieve. And it worked on every occasion. It, It brought joy and it brought freedom and a freedom to stand on their own and a freedom to be who they were designed to be because we showed them love and compassion. People who struggle to help themselves are the people we love to be gentle and patient with. So why do we lose patience with those who shouldn't get it wrong? A gentle word and kind and compassionate act will work in every scenario. Yelling at someone, judging someone is never going to work. Judgment brings death. Jesus himself said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely, lowly in heart. And you will find rest in yourself, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus never lauded over people, did he? He never judged people, he never condemned people, he never just told them, just pull your socks up, you'll be right. He was always kind and compassionate in truth. He wasn't kind and compassionate to make someone feel better. He was kind and compassionate in truth. He revealed the problem and then worked with them and was kind and compassionate to see them healed. God never, he never ever pointed the finger and just made them feel bad. He pointed out the problem and truth with love and compassion. As I said, judgment brings death, but love and compassion brings life. John 8, 7 is another example. We see that the woman with adultery is brought before Jesus and the Pharisees are trying to trick Jesus and find out his answer. And they're saying, the law says you must stone her. What do you say? And it says in 7... And as they continued to ask, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. And from now on, go now and sin no more. Jesus doesn't heal with a big stick. Jesus doesn't heal with angry words. He heals a broken with love. Even as a rebuke to the Pharisees, he was kind, wasn't he? He didn't yell at them and say, who do you think you are coming here and trying to test me? He was kind and gentle with them. But his kindness and gentleness that he showed to that woman, who must have felt terrible. You imagine being dragged out of a house, probably scantily dressed, you wouldn't have had much on, in front of all these people in the street. How bad would she have felt? And Jesus was loving and kind to her. 
I said, go away and sin no more. He didn't say, you haven't done anything wrong. He said, stop doing what you're doing, but I don't condemn you, I love you. Love, generous and kindness conquers all. And I'm not talking about a wishy-washy love, like I said. I'm not talking about making people feel good about themselves or feeling good because of what they've done wrong and going to be nice and kind to you. I'm talking about a love that doesn't want to see your brother or sister or your neighbour or the person in the street continue to be broken. A love that wants to redirect and, and care for people and help them to be built up again. This is the love that God talks about, that Jesus talks about. It's a rebuke, but it's kind and it's nice and it's gentle. It's no good pointing the finger at people. It doesn't do anything. Maybe we need to find a Nathan. Maybe we need to find an Aaron or her. Maybe we need more than a Nathan. Maybe we need to have people around us that are going to hold our arms up in battle so we prevail when things come against us and fight it hard like Moses did. If we want to see the broken of this world restored back to Christ, then we need to ensure that the brokenness in the church is restored. With love and compassion for each other, holding one another up, prayer before God, prayerfully before God. If the church is broken, there is no hope for the world. The hope of the world depends on the Father. So if, this, if we're broken here, how are we going to fix what's going on out there? We are plan A for this world to be saved. We are to share our faith. We are to be God's people in the world so people can find God in their brokenness, in their darkness, in their sadness. If the church is broken, there is no hope for the world. The church that God has created, God's people is the hope for the world. Let me ask you today, are you an Aaron or a Nathan or a Her? Do you need to come alongside someone and pray with them? walk with them and see them be restored back into the kingdom see them be restored back to all God's call for them do you know someone who's broken that you could come alongside and, and build them up again or perhaps today you need a Nathan you need an Aaron or her do you need to seek out someone who's going to speak to you in love and kindness and truth and build you back up again so that you can be restored and that you're no longer broken so that you can go out into the world and preach the good news to man Do you need an Aaron? Do you need a Nathan? Do you need a her? Today as we sing, ask yourself, is there someone God has put on your heart to come alongside? When we're singing, I want you to think. I want you to pray. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal someone that you may be able to come alongside and build up and restore. It may not be someone in this church. It might be a family member. It might be someone at work. I want you to ask God, who can I come alongside? But maybe you're not there at the moment and maybe you need restoring. Ask God, who can I speak? Who who can I seek out? Who can come alongside me? Who can be my Nathan? Who can be my Aaron? You need to be brave. This This is a serious thing. The world is completely broken. If we don't get it right, there's no healing out there. Social clubs and those sort of things can only do so much. But for eternity, for the eternal broken, only Jesus is the answer. If we don't restore ourselves, if we don't get it right here, then outside those four walls won't matter. Nothing will change. If you're broken today, have the guts to stand up and go and see someone and say, I need prayer. I need you to come beside me. And if you're not broken, have a look around you and have a look who may be broken in your lives and see that you can't help them be restored into everything that God's called them to be. We need to fix this broken world. We are plan A. Let's sing.
You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.